Hey everybody, happy Saturday morning. Um, it's finally starting to warm up here on the East Coast or wherever it is, wherever you are. Hopefully it's starting to be uh, feel more and more like spring. Can't wait. Hopefully uh, baseball season starts soon. Looks like the city of Austin, where most of our team is, is finally thawing out. Everyone's got water and power back, which is, is good. It was kind of a crazy last 30 days with half the team going down, not having internet access or water or heat or any of that stuff. It was crazy time. Um, so apologies for any of you Sam Car customers out there that had a little bit of a backlog, a wait time in um, hearing back from our support team. Looks like we got all that ironed out. Um, but anyway, today's topic is more for those of you that are in those beginning stages of your business. Um, it's a question I see come up again and again and again, mostly in these one-page Wednesday kind of live calls that we do every Wednesday at 2 p.m., um, and it's something that I think holds back probably a, a lot of beginners, that you you have this idea of starting your online business. You see a lot of other people succeeding, and you're trying to figure out, like, how do I get started? And the first question is, what is what's my niche? What should my product be? What type of product should I sell but first and foremost is usually the that question of what niche um you know what what community do i go into and try to deliver some value and if you don't know my backstory this is exactly i struggle with this for i mean it was weeks and i can normally make decisions pretty quick i remember it was right after i graduated college i was still living at home and so i would talk to my dad about this every day he was an entrepreneur still is and so i'm trying to figure out what do i sell and I had a bunch of different ideas. I don't think I've ever told anyone this, but back then, you know, I probably had five or six ideas. One was the idea I ended up going with, which was going into the baseball niche, which I was actually at the bottom of my list. I'll tell you why that came to the top of my list here in a second. But one of the other crazy ideas, this was 2008, 2009. Um, one of my ideas was to go into the the Facebook niche and not the Facebook niche that I ended up going into in 2000. 10, 11, but I said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm young, I'm 22. I understand how to use social media. You know, it was new at the time. So most younger kids at the time knew how to use it, but our parents didn't. My, I remember my mom and dad, they didn't even know how to set up their Facebook account, let alone use it or find their friends. They didn't want to look dumb going in there and, you know, posting something stupid or making a mistake in front of the world. So I said, what if I made a course for, you know, folks over 40, over 50, that their kids are on social media, but they're not, and just teach them how to use social media. <laughs> Looking back, I mean, I, maybe it could have worked, who knows, but it was such a random little idea. I had a bunch of other ideas that I thought could be big. I mean, that that initial idea, I to myself, I thought, you know, look, there's millions, maybe hundreds of millions of people out there that want to learn how to use Facebook at the time because it was pretty new. And if I could help them all, I could make a ton of money. And the other idea was the the passion niche idea of going into baseball. And baseball is a passion of mine. I was really good at it. Um, was not a pro. You know, I, I didn't even make it to the, the minor leagues. So it wasn't even a semi-pro, but I was really good in college. And I, I knew how to teach. I really studied the game. So I knew I had a lot of expertise in that area. But I didn't think there was any money there. I was thinking, how much can I actually sell an online course or an ebook or some sort of piece of content how much is a parent going to be willing to spend to teach their son or daughter to be better at the sport of baseball? And that really held me back for a while was the the concept of thinking that it wouldn't make a lot of money. And number one, I was wrong. My my assumption was completely wrong. And I think that's advice, you know, tip number one is 
always, always check your assumptions. Always ask yourself, what if this assumption is wrong? If this is, this is actually a, um, I, this, I've heard Tony Robbins use this concept a lot. I actually have it on, um, on my dream board that I look at every morning. I don't know if I've told you guys that story either, but I have a, um, kind of a PDF. It's like a keynote file of things I look at every single morning. And one of the things that I, that I look at, I'm actually pulling up that slide right now, um, is just this rule of always checking your assumptions that, um, and here, I just pulled it up. So at the top of the slide, it says, what problem am I facing? So I, I look at this every single day. And obviously, problems change every single day. This could be personal problems. It could be professional. It could be whatever. And the four questions that that I ask is, if I'm facing a problem, number one, is it true? Do I know that this problem is real? So back then, you know, I should have asked myself, is it true that there's no money in baseball? I mean, is it really true? Question number two is, do I have 100% of the information I need to, to determine whether it's true? Do I really have 100% of the information that I need to decide you know, with 100% confidence that there is no money or no legitimate money to be made in this niche idea that I have? And usually the answer is no, because we hardly ever have 100% of the information. And then follow-up question number three is, if those thoughts didn't exist Here's how I would feel, fill in the blank. So if I'm going through this, this exercise, I'd say, is it really true that there's no money to be made in this niche? Do I really have 100% of the information that I need outside of my own assumptions to determine that this is true or false? Usually the answer is no. So then you ask yourself, if those thoughts didn't exist, if I didn't believe that there was no money to be made in the baseball niche back in 2008, 2009, here's how I would feel. Well, I'd feel energized. I'd feel hopeful, optimistic. That's how I would feel. And then question number four is the kicker. Now, what would I go do? What would you go do if those, if that problem, those feelings, those thoughts didn't exist, if they possibly could be, you know, not what your assumptions are, what would you go do? Well, I, I would have gone and started that baseball niche because I, I was passionate about it. I loved it. And unfortunately, I didn't have this, these four questions back then, but I did have something else. And that was my dad at the time. And he's the one that actually convinced me to go into the baseball niche. And I'm so glad that he did because it changed everything for me. And what he asked, he said, which one are you going to have the most fun doing? And he reminded me that this is not going to be your last business venture of your life, unless you're, you know, a one hit wonder and you, well, not a one hit wonder is probably the wrong phrase, but unless this is the perfect idea and you're never going to come up with a better idea and this really becomes, you know, the end all be all, you're most likely your first niche, your first product, your first business, your first idea is not going to be the last business that you ever create. So stop trying to nail it. Stop trying to, to try to hit a home run the first time. Almost every successful entrepreneur that I know, they have an origin story that involves four, five, six other businesses. Some were flops, some were successful, and some were you know relatively successful, and then they build slowly over time. They parlay those businesses into other ideas, but you gotta remember, that if you're in the beginning stages, when it comes to picking your niche, the, the rule that I would almost never break is go into a, a niche or a market that you love, that you're passionate about, that you're a member of. Um, if you're creating a physical product, create a product that you would use because you'll create a great product. 
a great example is there's someone in the Samcar community that created um, these little like rubber almost bibs that for for babies that parents would put on the edge of a um, you know like a, a table to give the baby something to put their food on and not get germs. You put it on the you know on the front of a table or a car seat or a tray, and I, I guarantee you this person had kids and had this problem and created the problem for themselves first. And so they understood what that, what a parent is, is dealing with. What types of scenarios would this product apply best? What would it not apply? What features does it need to have? Same thing goes with a service or a digital product. If I would have created that initial Facebook business, I would have been creating a course for a niche that I wasn't that passionate about. I, I, you know, I'm sure I would have known some about it because I had experience with my parents that, you know, were frustrated with it, but I wouldn't have had fun creating videos, teaching people how to use a social media platform. It just wouldn't have been fun. And in the beginning, having fun with something is really the only thing that you have to control. You can't control your success right off the bat. I mean, it's going to take time to learn these things. Most people don't hit a home run on day one. It took me 14 months to make even a single sale. But during those 14 months, I was having fun. I was My product involved me going to the batting cage and playing the sport that I loved. That kept me going. Through the months when I was spending hundreds of dollars on software and courses and time studying, it not making a single dollar, I was at least having fun. And that's, I think, if you're trying to figure out a niche, if you're, if one of your ideas is something you're gonna, you're passionate about, that you like, that you could enjoy creating content around, that is where you should start. You're never, this is not gonna be the last business you ever create. So, you know, even if you have the idea of a lifetime, I might not even start there because you're probably gonna screw it up in the beginning. Why not go, you know, do something that's a little bit less pressure that doesn't have to be a home run that if you screw up it doesn't matter but that you can learn the foundations of building a business online of just you know building products people love figuring out ways to market it figuring out ways to acquire people in that niche um that's that's my advice um for you if you're struggling with that question it's the advice i was given that thank god i took and listened to and that baseball business was not a game changer. I mean, it it it's it took me 14 months to make a single sale. It took me another year or two to make anywhere near what I was making at work. And that's not even the business that ended up helping me quit my job. I started a second business that the the first one kind of helped me start. I if you're curious about that story, here's the quick version. I started the baseball site, took me forever to get going, but in the process of building that business, I got pretty good at a couple key marketing strategies. Facebook was pretty new at the time. Fan pages were brand new. Facebook ads were brand new. So I was kind of on the cusp of those new marketing platforms or strategies, and I got fairly good at them. I got that fan page for that baseball site to 10,000 fans pretty quick. Um, It wasn't generating a ton of money from those efforts, but I I had some things that that I was doing on a day-to-day basis that were working pretty well. And then a mentor that I met along the way, I've told you guys the story about Paul before. He, when I was showing him what I was doing, he knew I was kind of struggling only doing a couple thousand bucks a month, but that I was getting really good at this other thing. And this other thing was Facebook marketing. And he was the one that said, hey, 
why don't you create a second business on the side? You could probably do it lickety split now that you know how to build websites. I developed all these skills in launching the baseball site. I knew how to build social media platforms or you know, not my own platforms, but getting my brand on social platforms like Facebook or Instagram. Um, I knew how to run ads, knew how to build fan pages, knew you know, the, the basics of email marketing and building sites. I was getting decent as a marketer. So I could quickly spin up another business now if I had a good idea. And Paul was the one that came up with that first idea. He said, look, create a second brand where you go share the Facebook marketing tactics and techniques that you've learned in your baseball business and go share it with entrepreneurs. And so I said, okay, I'm going to spin up a little, a second little side business. It only took me a couple, maybe a week or two at this point, because now I, you know, I'd done it a bunch with the baseball business and I think within 60 days, that business was doing five or 10 times in revenue what the baseball site was. Um, And that's the business that I ended up quitting my job. That business went from zero to a million in one year. Again, that's probably not very typical. I know it's not typical. So obviously I'm not promising it's going to happen that way for you, but hopefully you're seeing the concept that in the beginning I was struggling, but I was doing something I was passionate about. I was having fun. And that was keeping me going through the crappy months. Um, and then the skills that I developed allowed me to go do something else and do it quicker and get results quick. And then that was the second, the second business is the one that really hit. And so that's, that's my advice for the day is if you're struggling with what niche to go after, um, stick with something that you're passionate about. It will, while you're struggling, at least you will love what you're doing and you'll love who you're helping. You'll love the products you're making. It will be energizing And then once sales start rolling in, then you have a dream job. Then you have a job that is both making money and it's in a niche that you love. And that's really what SamCard is for me now. I mean, over the last decade, I've fallen in love with marketing and business as much as I loved the sport of baseball. I love building my own business. I love working on SamCard. And I love that SamCard's end result is helping you, helping you build a business, making it easier for you to launch new products, to figure out the big levers in your business, to simplify the process of growing your business. So my favorite metric these days is how much revenue has gone through our platform, and we're about to cross $2 billion. The average customer on SamCart now does between 5 and 10 k a month. And if you do the math on a lot of our competitors out there, um, we blow them out of the water. And I think that's because SamCart is you know, it, it attracts some pretty big brands, um, because of what we built and we've kept it easy enough for a beginner to go on, you know, jump on the platform and spin up a simple page that, you know, is really all you need in those early days. That first, you know, six, 12, 18 months is really all you need is a, the concept of a sales page or a product page that you can convey the benefits of your product and convince somebody to buy. And that's the number one skill you need to learn if you're in that beginner stage is after you figure out your product and your niche, you need to learn how to sell it. Good products do not sell themselves. They just don't. Um, very rarely do they. Very rarely does the best product win. The Usually the best marketer wins. As unfortunate as, as that is, I mean, that's why a lot of us buy products and then are unsatisfied with them because we were we were oversold. The person selling us was a better marketer than they were a product creator. And unfortunately, that happens a lot, but it proves the point that just because you have a better product or you go into a better niche doesn't mean you're going to win. You need The second skill, you know, the second obstacle you're going to have to overcome is 
after deciding, you know, what niche and what product to create is I need to learn the skill, develop the skill of selling this product, of explaining to people why they need it, why they should buy, um, you know, all the things that, that we teach inside the one page masterclass that we go into, you know, on Instagram and our YouTube channel and everything that we talk about out in the world is, is around that subject, trying to help you develop the skill of convincing people to buy your product. And it is a skill. It's an art and a science kind of blended into one. There are, you know, I don't need to go into detail and do that in another episode, but you guys get the point. Um, but anyway, that's the tip for today. Hope you're all are having a great, had a great week, have a great weekend and hopefully enjoy the nice weather. If you're somewhere like uh, Maryland, D.C., and it's finally turned into springtime, it's a fun time of the year. So uh, that's it for today, and I'll talk to you all soon. If you found this podcast helpful, you're going to love the free resources page we just launched for you. I've gathered up all our top trainings, formulas, templates, and scripts for building a massive business online, and I put them all into a secret page just for our podcast listeners so that you can have easy access to all of them for free. To get everything, just open up your web browser and go to samcart.com slash gift. That's samcart.com forward slash gift.